0: Welcome in to PFF's 2-for-1 Drafts, the new Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Austin Gale with Mike Renner. You can tune in live on YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday. We're also streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. We got a ton of things to go over today. I want to start. The first segment's going to be some my guys from the 2020 NFL Draft. We're also going to take a look at Raise a Glass to our top rookie performances. Pour one out to some of the bad rookie performances. And then we're going to go our Rolling Rooks. Where we talk about our top rookies from the past weekend, blackouts, performances to forget, and a microbrew segment. You got a nice microbrew. That's where we talk mm, about a small yeah. school prospect that's kind of blowing us away. Mike, I am so looking forward to getting to some of your My Guys. I want you to start this thing off. Give me your first name on your My Guys list.
1: First name on my guy list, you've listened to all? Probably know. Tani Muti, mm-hmm. Fresno State. He's our top interior offensive lineman on our draft board. He has been utterly dominant this season now he's been injured uh past few weeks came back from an Achilles injury last year played tackle been injured the past few weeks uh but when he was on the field early in the season dominant against USC against Minnesota Sacramento uh that USC and Minnesota game the two biggest ones on his schedule all year so those those already out the way injuries and whatever the rest of the season what he put up on tape against those two that's enough for me to have him there uh, in the first round conversation he is just a vicious run blocker, probably the best run blocker in the country.
0: I'll never forget the day you come to me in the office, you mm-hmm. slap down a bottle of lotion on my desk, and you're like, YouTube, Natani Muti, and then we watch this highlight t- tape together. I won't go into the details <laughs> after that, but we it was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. I think Natani Muti, like you said, vicious, finisher, has the run game, mm-hmm. but he's also very good in pass finisher. protection. His yes, pass blocking that's is, is very good as that's well. thing.
1: It's like he's just so... Utterly powerful, that he's not going to get bull rushed. He hasn't gotten bull rushed by anyone in his college career at this point. He's lost a couple to the edge this year. He's given up, given up a couple pressures, but on you know 148 pass blocking snaps, only a couple pressures. Not going to be too big of a deal for me.
0: I'm going to go to a similarly vicious guy, a mountain of a man, Marvin Wilson of Mm. Florida State, a my guy for sure. He's a guy that through the first two weeks earned 90.0 plus pass rushing grades in all three games. He racked up over 13 pressures in that span. He's been fantastic since then struggle a little bit didn't have any pressures against NC State and just won against Clemson but he's still earning high pass rush grades he has a 92.4 pass rush grade on the year this is a guy that's six foot five. 311 pounds, an absolute monster that when you first turn on the tape, you're like, okay, this guy's a run defender first and probably a run defender defender second. But then you see the quickness, the pass rush moves. He actually has some polish to his game. I think he can be a legitimate pass rusher, a dual threat at the NFL level. He can play the run and he can affect the the passer as a pass rusher. I think Marvin Wilson, a lock for the first round. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: he's that good. I really do think he's that good. He reminds me of, now body type-wise, they're not necessarily the same. Jarrell Casey coming out of USC. Drill Casey's like a, a little smaller, but in terms of they're not, they didn't ever wow athletically. Like coming off his Drill Casey's first step wasn't great. His sort of bend around the corner wasn't anything special. But when he hit dudes, they moved. Yes. When, and he had a handful of pass rushing moves and they complemented each other. And so that sort of, you know, I think that's who. Marvin Wilson could be at the next level. Now, Marvin Wilson's a bigger dude, probably going to play uh, the run at a high level, not necessarily at the drill case, he's undersized, head, but plays with leverage, but I think that's a similar sort of player in that nothing really super impressive on tape, not even Derek Brown's sort of high-end level reps, but he just wins, you know, snap after snap yep. after snap. Absolutely. Let's go to your next guy. My next guy, and you're going to laugh at me because he could, he, he could be in the poor one out segment once again here this week, uh, Jared Pinckney, the tight end out of Vanderbilt, Things uh, have not gone his way this season. And to say that's kind of an understatement to say that they have not gone his way. We featured him on the poor one out segment a handful of times over his last three games. He has been targeted 14 times, hauled in four passes Mm. for a cool 24 yards. Uh, That's hot. It's not it's not been great for him. And he had two drops Mm -hmm. in that span as well. But you go back to the tape last year. I don't think he's – he doesn't have an injury that's, you know, all of a sudden doing this to him. (laughs) You go back to last year, 770 yards, seven touchdowns, had a fantastic game against Notre Dame. Uh, Wins down the field more, I think, than any of the tight ends in this class. Has some shake in his routes and has the size to develop. He's 260 pounds. Can develop into a blocking tight end at the next level. Complete sort of tight end. Has that potential – but yeah, it's not do it.
0: Potential no production this year. I, yes. I think it's it's been this past. Before the thing that is we've seen it though. Yes, we exactly. have
1: seen it at some point. Exactly. Is the thing. I'm
0: gonna go ahead and take up my next guy here, Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He struggled with some drops here and there. Not great production. A little bit inconsistent is what I would say to start the year. But again, I still believe in this kid's ability to separate. I think his route running is fantastic. He earned an 83.4 receiving grade against Nebraska this past week. He has two games over 100 receiving yards, and the rest of the games under 80. I think. I think what's interesting with Tyler johnson i think the drops are a little bit of a concern he had three drops against illinois four on the season he needs to get rid of those when i talked to him before this season he said the number one thing i'm prioritizing mm-hmm. is the drops he's struggled here and there but i will say this like i said separation is king in today's nfl and i think this is a guy that can separate at an elite level in the nfl and i think he'll get the drops behind him and i think even if he does drop passes at a higher rate in the nfl he will make up for it with his ability to create separation and gain yards that way
1: yeah 12 percent career drop rate Taylor johnson it's not good I mean that's on in the NFL that would be probably bottom uh 10 to 15 percent of of among NFL wide receivers so not good but I think a lot of if you go back to the tape and watch a lot of them he's he tracks the ball well and he has nice catches down the field in terms Mm -hmm. of tracking the ball a lot of concentration drops Yes, you know know, some guys just have those and maybe you're gonna have to live with it but it's not like he can't make those contested catches. Not like he can't, uh, you know, track the ball. It's, down not, the field. It's, it's not like he's completely lost. Like someone like a no uh, Mike Williams, or yeah, even a No. No, fan no we'll fans. To, ball skills. We'll get to later. Yeah, yeah. No
0: fans. Ball skills. Legitimately, he was dropping passes because he wasn't sure where the ball was coming from, and mm-hmm. it was like six inches from his face. Yes. And I think with Tyler Johnson, it's the concentration drops, and I think Very much so. differentiating those two is so important because he still catches the ball mm-hmm. with his hands. He still tracks the ball. He'll, well.
1: he'll be like an Amari Cooper yes. at the next level in terms of like he, he'll get open. He'll have games where he dominates. Mm-hmm. but then you'll also have games where it's like, damn, why did he just drop four passes? Exactly. And, didn't know and it's happened. those
0: concentration drops. So I feel like it's a little, maybe too much confidence looking to run before you catch the ball, those kind of things. But that is my guy. I like Tyler Johnson a lot. Yeah. I think he's going to create a ton of separation at the next level.
1: I can't hate on that. I'll go to my next guy. And I'm curiously, all my guys are along the line of scrimmage here on the off side of the ball. Josh Jones. You like to get it done the, in the trenches. The tackle from Houston. I'm buying in wholesale on this guy. I think he is a legit uh, tackle prospect. I mean, he has the number one pass blocking grade in the country for us now. Uh, could have been in our raise the glass segment that we're going to do a little later because he had another cool 89.9 grade this past week against Cincinnati. Uh, he's just dominating. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's run blocking and pass blocking, the only tackle in the nation with over 90 in both of those regards. Uh, he has all the tools to be uh, tackled the next level. Now his pass, that's a little uh, iffy. It's kind of like, he might not happen for him right out the gate in the NFL because he needs to be completely rework his feet. He's basically just walking backwards out of stance to get to people mm-hmm. which not going to fly. The yeah. NFL love. You got you to gotta, you gotta explode out of your stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to, it's got to look, it's got to look a little cleaner than his does. Uh, so I do think there's flaws on tape, but in terms of physical ability, it's all there for him. He's top fifty player on our draft board
0: here. There now. you go. And t- talk to me more about that from a player va- valuation standpoint. You see a guy that is having the success that Josh, Josh Jones is, but needs to be cleaned up technically at the NFL level. Is that something that you know you can take and try? It's,
1: I think it's kind of one of those things where it's if a guy is getting it done with a way that might not be conventional. Once he is taught the conventional way, you feel like it's going to be able to even take it to the next level. And and the thing I love about him more is his hands. He's so, uh, you know, as bad as his feet look, he's so good with his hands in terms of using, you know, flashing his hands, switching up his, uh, his punch and using his hands independently, which a lot of tackles at the college level just don't know how to do. They just, they're flailing, you know, every snap after snap. And he's actually... Uh, has a plan with his hands. For
0: my last my guy here, I have a two-for-one, <laughs> two-for-one <laughs> drafts. Two for I got drafts. M- M- Michael Pittman Jr. and Justin Jefferson, two guys I liked going into this year, two receivers, mm-hmm. the Justin Jefferson receiver for LSU and Michael Pittman Jr. receiver for USC. Similar body tapes a little bit. Justin Je- Jefferson is 6'3", a little bit thinner than what Michael Pittman is. Michael Pittman six foot 6'4", 220. These are guys that have a little bit bigger size, but more suddenness than maybe you'd expect from their size. I think both of these guys have had great Great production to start the year. Michael Pittman Jr. has really good hands. Great in contested catch situations. Can win his routes with physicality. He also can win with a little bit of shake. Only three drops in his career for Michael Pittman Jr. And with Justin Jefferson, guy only has one drop this year. And uh, he did have six drops in 2018, but one drop this year. Improving in that regard. He is dominating with Joe Burrow. He's a guy, though... And similar to maybe a little bit like Jerry Judy that sees a lot of time in the slot, doesn't get a ton of one-on-one situations. But if you turn on his 2018 tape, plays a little bit more outside wide receiver, you'll see some more one-on-ones from him. He can beat people down with some double moves. He has a little bit more shake than people are giving him credit for. I think both of those guys, maybe not. Top 50 players, but I think there are receivers that you get on day two mm-hmm. that can contribute as number two, you know, number two potential number one receivers because they have all the tools and also the production coming out of college.
1: So, yeah, Michael Pittman made our top 75. He's number 60 on our board. Uh, love him, what he brings to the table. We talked about him a lot. I'll just throw in this stat that's in the newest update, the midseason update here, here of the. Of the BFF draft guide, yeah. which we'll uh, we'll mention it after this, mm-hmm. though. So, newest update we put 50 new guys in, and this stat I pulled from Justin Jefferson of his 19 catches, 10 plus yards downfield, 13 have come on over routes or dig routes against zone. Basically, mm-hmm. no nope. one's guarding him. No, no Basically, way. the scheme mm-hmm. is putting him into an open position on the football field, and Joe Burrow's finding mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I could have called in stop, 13 of his 19. Stop, That's what stop. I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he did stuff after the catcher it. he's been very good in contested situations, not debating either of those things, uh, but a lot of it's funny, phony production.
0: Oh, it's, it's absolutely funny production. I think those but, wide receiver wins are something I to do. search for, and I would hmm. say this year, <clears throat> excuse me, this year, you're definitely looking for more one-on-one opportunities to evaluate mm. Justin Jefferson. I do like the production. I think he has more wiggle after the catch. Yes. I think if you put him in one-on-one situations, I think no, he uh, can have success. I want to see more of those. He's
1: definitely, I mean, I, I, when I watched him on the outside last year, I was worried about his ability to separate. I, I think his after-the-catch ability and ball skills are such, though, where it's like, you know, the separation, uh, I think it will come because of how physically you know, gifted he is. So to go, back,
0: to go back what Renner drops on PFF, Right now, for all Edge and Elite subscribers, we have our 2020 NFL Draft Guide midseason update. We did a preseason draft guide that dropped before the year, and now six weeks into the season, we added our data on first review into the draft guide. And we also have some new commentary on the starts. We added 50 more players. There's now three pages for every player. Hmm. It is a fantastic piece of work, and uh, I'm really proud of it. And Renner, a lot of that, you know, pride goes to you, man. You did a really
1: good yeah, job with this thing. I, I think it's just a little teaser for. A little teaser. It's not, you know, just to give you guys some more because we've really. Uh, not given a lot of in-season draft products in the past and just to add more guys because you know when, when you don't have Joe Burrow in our draft guide you, you need to talk about Joe Burrow oh yeah uh, he's, he's going to be a, a possible number five top five pick number in one, next year's maybe. draft and to not have him in the draft guide that we had on our website was a little embarrassing so I said we got to have an update so we had an update he's in it now guys like uh, you know Justin Jefferson and mm-hmm. Michael Pittman are in it now after not he making a preseason one yeah, totally. so those guys are all in it so check the, all those profiles out and uh it's just a teaser, like I said. Mm-hmm. It's not the real thing that will come out. You're basically. good for a teaser now and
0: then for sure. Um, all Edge and Elite subscribers have access to that now. But if you don't aren't an Edge or an Elite subscriber, $9.99 you can get Edge monthly and download your copy. You yep. can bail after that. I don't care. Just grab a piece of this thing. <laughs> it's 573 <laughs> pages long. It's a lot of pages. Big board, three-page profiles, a ton of uh, statistics and all that stuff, commentary from Renner and myself. Yep. It is fantastic. Let's move forward, though, to our Raise a Glass segment where we raise a glass to some of our top... Prospect performances, prospects that are in that 2020 NFL Draft Guide. Uh, let's start with Joe Burrow, the Rocket. I'm calling him Joe Above Average Burrow. Oh, no, no, no. I wanted Above Average Joe. Sorry, Above I, Average I, Joe. Above, instead of Ooh. Average Joe, Above Average Joe. I, I like, like Above
1: that. Average Joe. Uh, someone said Joe Jugular. Oh, because he goes for your throat. Yeah, because he goes for the throat. Ninety-two point four passing grade against Florida. Jeez. Like, and, and it That's was a good defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like C.J. Henderson. He was targeting, like he was legitimately, we'll get C.J. Henderson in the went Out segment because he was going after, you know, Florida's top cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks in the country, fearlessly. And just throwing with timing, putting it into tight windows, could have almost had another touchdown against C.J. Henderson, but Henderson broke it up there at the last second. It was a perfectly placed ball from Burrow. Uh, just not a lot of mistakes. I, I mean, just he is... When he throws the ball, it goes to exactly where he wants it to go. Mm-hmm. And at the exact right time. He is just Dude, uh, playing I, I pulled with his, fire right now.
0: I pulled his splits up here. When not pressured, a 94.3 passing grade, 86.5% adjusted completion percentage. That is no mistakes. And also putting the ball, uh, being aggressive when you do have those clean pockets, yeah. pushing the ball downfield, yes. getting those big-time throws, and making plays.
1: Even when he was, though, pressured this past week, he goes 3 of 3, 47 yards and a touchdown on his pressure dropbacks.
0: Wow. I mean, on the year, yes. under pressure, four, 64 dropbacks, 45 attempts, 32 completions, seven touchdowns, no picks. When you're not throwing picks yeah. under pressure, I mean, it, 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 the dude has taken – can we speak to this? The dude has taken an otherworldly step forward this year. Because this isn't a guy that like came out of the you know nowhere transfer portal and, and now he's here. It's a guy that played last year a good amount of snaps and now coming in this year has yeah. sh- shown so much improvement. If you had to guess right now, and not guess, but what in, in your opinion, what you know what really has attributed to that improvement for him?
1: I mean, there's some of it is you know changing up the scheme and the, they brought in uh, the pass game coordinator from can the name is eluding me off the top of my head. That's obviously going to be some of it, but I think a, a, there's also just mastery of the offense. He has taken that to the next level this season was very quick to uh he's always been quick to give his receivers a chance uh and you know on go balls down down the field he's been that but I think he's been more adept in when to take those chances Mm -hmm. and so if he's not necessarily the best you know one-on-one that you're getting he's going to his next and then he's hitting that quickly I think it's the Him coming off of those balls where he would kind of lock on a little bit more a year ago uh, is the biggest difference for me. He comes off so quickly now and gets to the next and then gets to his next. And the ball is just coming out with the best timing of any quarterback in the nation right now.
0: Wow. I mean, he's got Justin Jefferson always open. I'm sure mm, that has true. to help. That I'm helps. Sure his production probably He does inflated. have good wideouts. Yeah. He's good, else, Chase, good old line. It's, it's a, better it's than Justin a Jefferson. good
1: offense, yeah. I'll I, say this is right is now. Jamar Chase, Chase, a
0: fake ID segment, or fake ID you know, possible member mm-hmm. every week. The dude's fantastic. Very fast receiver. I think he's going to be a guy that projects better than Justin Jefferson down the road when he is draft eligible. Let's go to the next guy we're raising a glass for here. Tennessee's mm-hmm. Trey Smith, ninety point three. Grade this past week. Fantastic.
1: Love being able to raise last of Trey Smith. He's had so many off-field issues, had the blood clots in his lungs, didn't get to practice all offseason. So when he shows up, you know, and starts week one, when they finally clear him, uh, dude hadn't really practiced. So it wasn't great. It wasn't great out the gate. But I think everyone saw the natural athleticism, the natural power that he has uh, along the offensive line. And finally, this past week, 90.3 grade against Mississippi State, highest graded game of his career. Love that he's locked in at guard now. Uh, early in his career, they were playing him all over the place. I was freshman year at Tennessee. They moved him to left tackle, and I never really uh, was sold on him being uh, a great tackle prospect. But I think at guard, he's settled in and starting to starting to live up to you know th- that potential that he always had
0: i mean looking at his splits at left tackle in 2018 he had a 59.9 pass blocking grade across 417 snaps at left tackle this year he's improved that pass blocking grade and significantly playing left guard almost exclusively or literally exclusively he also has a 79.0 run blocking grade
1: yeah. put him in a phone booth no. and let him just feast no after that coaches. week one game he's really looked like a lot different player you, Well, georgia you state's always like, yeah. going to give you some mix up there. <laughs> yeah,
0: under underrated powerhouse yeah. um next next guy on the segment here we're going zach moss utah running back this guy forces missed tackles with reckless abandon great after contact he is truly a special back one i would even consider maybe taking at the top of day three you mm, know what i mean that yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we no, keep
1: getting like uh you know shit in our rankings for well we got zach moss over jonathan taylor it's like dude, on our draft board, we're not, we wouldn't be drafting either in real exactly. life. Like, we're, yeah. They're going to be like in the 80s and 90s. Like, mm-hmm. It's not the uh, ones all said I mean, done, It comes so. back
0: to, and I think when I was writing for the 2020 draft guide, looking at you know production and seeing how these players play, every running back I felt like, but I need to see him more as a receiver. But I need to mm-hmm. see him more as a receiver. There's so many of these running backs, I would not even include Zach Moss in that category, that need more volume catching the ball out of the backfield and running routes from yeah. the slot and outside all those things. We talked about it. You are saying if I was a college running back, I would be, you know, I'm really good at running back. Say you're the Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. Can you please play me more in the slot and outside? I need to show that yeah. I have this versatility that I can play as a pass-catching you know, running back. And I think, because those are the guys who have value. The Christian McCaffreys, Alvin McCarr's, uh, Kamara, Kamaras, mm-hmm. and Christian um, Tariq Cohen. Those guys are the ones that offer value yeah. because they do so much in the passing game. I would beg for that as a college running back. And I think Zach Moss is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, talk I really... to me. About, raise a glass to this guy first.
1: Yes, we'll raise a glass to Zach Moss. Five carries in a day. Finally back from injury after the one he suffered against USC. Uh, Missed a few weeks, five carries, 121 yards. Oh, wow. A few broken tackles. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. So he's officially back.
0: Uh, That's good to hear. Let's go to this next guy. We are going to Tennessee again, Daryl Taylor, a new name to the podcast. He's not a guy we brought up a ton. Talk to me about him.
1: Some other people have been high on him for a while. Tennessee edge defender. He's got some nice bend. Got got a nice little long arm. Uh, He's got a nice bull rush. He was going up against a little overmatched offensive tackle for Mississippi State. Uh, the dude, I'm not going to mention by name, uh, but if he's listening, he knows who he is. Okay. Uh, he he uh, had one of the lowest passback grades in the country last season. And, well, I mean, Darrell Taylor put up his highest grade of his career against him. Uh, but he also had a nice rep against left tackle for Mississippi State. So it wasn't just that. Uh, but he has, he has a nice bull rush, uh, has some nice bends. His get off leaves a little something to be desired. But uh, I, I liked him more than I thought I would. Considering his grading uh, has graded out in the mid 70s, each of the last uh, two seasons as a pass rusher, uh, never really cracked that, you know, 80 or even, you know, elite threshold before this is that 81.5 right now. And I actually liked him a little more than I thought I would for even that.
0: There you go. Let's go to TJ Carter, Memphis cornerback. This is a guy that if you popped on the 2018 tape, I think you could come away a little bit impressed. He's a guy that had a good amount of volume last year. He had a lot of good reps. I think he ended up earning a very high coverage grade for us. And this past week against Temple, a 90.5 coverage grade allowed just one reception for seven yards from three targets and picked up a PBU. This is a good game for him. He kind of had a quiet start to the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing in the group of five. A lot of things are quiet over there. It's pretty dark. Yeah. but. This is a guy that a I think there were a lot of people or, or at least some of the some hype around him in the offseason going into this year. And I think now I, I am starting to like him a little bit more going back to the tape and watching the 2019 tape from prior. I think T.J. Carter has some tools and some things that I think you can really fall in love with.
1: Yeah, he's undersized, but do have some wheels like he has legit downfield speed, uh, possible, you know, four, three sort of candidate. What I love is that in the past, he's just been getting pump targets. I think over the past two years, over 160 targets in his coverage, uh, this year, though, only 17 quarterbacks wise up. So one of yes. those things where it's like, oh, yeah, we don't want to target this guy. He's, you know, made that reputation for himself. Only targeted 17 times now uh, in six games, nine catches for 92 yards. And like you mentioned this past week, low PBU, only one catch. So, uh, yeah, TJ Carter making that legit step and only junior at this nice. point. So he might not come out. Probably won't. Uh, yeah, that's usually the case uh, for small school guys. You got to really dominate to come out early. But, yeah, he's making his way upwards
0: staying in the group of five here let's talk john hightower wide receiver at boise state this guy's coming off his best single game grade of the year at 74.8 overall grade hauled in seven of 10 targets for 141 yards and two touchdowns this is a guy that in 2018 was highly graded across a lot of filters i'll say that because i was Hmm. looking at different things of you know receiving grade on targets of 10 plus yards receiving grade versus press and these different filters to see kind of You know, different skill sets and watch different film because when you can with PFF systems, you can watch those plays like I want to see all of John Hightower's plays against press. I want to see all of his Mm -hmm. targets of 10 plus yards against power five competition, all of his third down targets. You can filter and watch that film in bits like that. And I was doing that with John Hightower and constantly his name was coming up top of the list in 2018. Had a little bit of a slow start to start the year. But now this past yeah, we're,
1: week, we were watching the FSU game together. We're like, where the hell is John Hightower? Exactly. It was, like, like, it was one of our, was one was one of was our breakout field. picks. <laughs> we were just like, what's going on? Wasn't even Somehow up. that guy was
0: targeted four times in that game and only caught two passes for 25 yards. Um, His his teammate had more more splash plays in that game. But this yeah. past week, we're pouring one out. He had his highest target total of the year raising, glass. raising a glass. Not pouring out. Raising a glass. I'm sorry. Do not going uh,
1: out for week one, but this one, yeah. Go ahead. This was worthwhile. Yeah, against uh, Hawaii this past week. Three deep catches. Two of them go for touchdowns. Uh, he, w- the reason, reason we loved him was his ability to separate down the football field. He has legit speed. He's probably going to run uh, at least in the 4-4 range, maybe sub 4-4. Uh, good friend of the podcast, Dame Brugler, actually put him in a Put it, had an article that came out earlier this week, or actually, I guess it was probably last week, because earlier this week would be, uh, it was only been one day in the week. Maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. Dude, it came right? out. are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> and it said, he's a name that no one's talking about right now that could be a possible first-rounder in time. Mm. And I, I'm i not going to say I have him in the first round. We have him as a fourth-rounder in the draft guide, just because, like I said, we have not seen a lot of him on the football field yep. to date, but he separates on the deep mm. route tree. He has good ball skills. Uh, that's a good combination. A little, uh, A little slightly built, but... Kenny Stills comp. was uh, uh, a the guy.
0: Last raise of glass here. It's an impromptu on San Diego State going to the alma mater. Luke oh. Barcou, Bar- the the cornerback for San Diego State, has this been... Is not on the list. So yeah, yes. not on the list. It's He's been fantastic impromptu. for San Diego State to start. I think he leads the nation in interceptions. Had a game-winning pick against Wyoming. Helped them cover there. Had a little juice on my Aztecs. Fantastic for him. He's a guy that... Is not a you know not a highly regarded recruit, not a guy not a people a lot of people are talking about right now, but just take He's a look an at nice this. yeah okay yeah, yeah exactly um, we will take a look let's go ahead and pour one out to these next few guys here, starting with c j Henderson was victim to above average joe, took a beating in that game, and mm-hmm. it's really been par for the course this year. Six missed tackles on the year so far. In four games, has a 48.9 coverage grade. Has not yeah. really looked great. Not what we expected. He's allowed a couple deep catches. He's in, in, in week zero, he allowed a 20-yard reception. Mm-hmm. Week six, he allowed a 46-yard reception. And against Joe Burrow and the, and the guys, a 54-yard reception. Allowing those big receptions is going to hurt you, especially on low target counts.
1: Yeah, the uh, the wheel route got lost on. It got it didn't really even necessarily get that picked on it, and then got lost. Kind of And what he, what he didn't like. Was he didn't, you know, bust his ass to try to get back into it? He kind of logged gagged it uh, as it went down the sideline. Uh, He made a nice play on the ball down the field early on, but then gave up the slant touchdown after that. Uh, And then the biggest thing to me, though, was tackling. Mm -hmm. He missed another couple tackles and coverage. He has been bad as a tackler and his time there. Uh, He was at the catch point for a lot of things. So uh, it wasn't necessarily from a scouting perspective, you know, getting lost on a wheel route like that. Not the worst thing in the world. Still has very good man coverage ability, the ability to stick with wide receivers, fantastic athleticism, but uh, the tackling and the sort of uh, the persona in general, in terms of like when he doesn't chase down that wheel route, is a little worrisome. Just, there, there's a reason. And hear me out on this. Out.
0: He, he's highly regarded. A lot of people liked him coming into this year. I think he's still projected to go pretty high in this year's draft. But he's battled injuries. he's yeah. not had a great start. There is a chance. And when he I talked to him, yeah, and when I talked to him before the year, he's like, "All I want to do is win a championship at Florida." Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need to come back next year. Yeah, if you because it's not happening this year. I think there is a chance that though he is highly regarded and probably would go maybe day one, day two. Mm-hmm. I think he does come back, try and refine his craft a little
1: bit. How good would that? db's be next year oh, marco wilson and cj henderson is. i seniors, think it, it could even
0: be db both dude. started
1: as freshmen oh it could be <laughs> <That's
0: Texas. laughs> the ever elusive um let's go to this next poor one out here a guy that i watched a couple plays liked his after the catch ability before the year and ever since have been really unimpressed he struggles to create separation he has been okay after the catch force a couple missed tackles but i need to see more from him from a, from a separation standpoint i'm gonna get excited that's wake Forest's. um no, not Wake Forest. No. Vanderbilt. Uh,
1: Vanderbilt ha- is having a guy here every week, it seems yes. like. Um, Vanderbilt. So
0: let, let me walk, walk you through the stat line here. Three targets, <laughs> zero receptions, two drops. And one time he was targeted, it was an interception. It's 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 not great, Bob. Okay, that mm-hmm. was not a good performance.
1: Go ahead. He does lead the NCAA in... Missed tackles. 17. Broken tackles. After the catch. 17 broken tackles after the catch. Leads all receivers in college football. Uh, but of his 29 catches, uh, over a third of them, have I think 11, have been screens. Yeah. That's not well, good.
0: Well, I mean, look, dude that's, had, the, the dude that's, the, that's the Paris Campbell rec- profile. The dude had seven which, receptions for 69 yards and, and seven forced missed tackles on those. I think he does yeah. great on a low average of the target and, and, and will force missed yeah, tackles. After under the half
1: of his receptions have gone for first downs, which is a bad rate.
0: Yeah. I mean,. So. You like this guy after the catch, but if you can't separate on a vertical route get, tree, you're like I'm not
1: going to jump in on you. Maybe a kick return. I don't know what you're going to do at this point, but you're not necessarily a wide receiver.
0: Yep. All right. Honorable. No more pouring out for Kalijah Lipscomb. I mean, he's a guy that maybe doesn't even make this list moving forward, just because you're kind of expecting it. Not mm. super excited about him. I mean, he's forcing his yeah. miss tackles, sure. but again, it's that downfield separation ability we're just constantly searching for. <laughs> um, let's go to your boys, the Fighting Irish. They came out with the raise dub. a glass for them. Raise a glass for the pour dub. one
1: out for Troy Pride Jr. Yep. Who he just you know gave up uh, four first downs or three first downs and a touchdown in this game to the USC wide receivers? Uh, if it was a silver lining, he hasn't been beaten deep really this year. Okay, but he gets beat a lot under, in the intermediate. He just can't necessarily. Uh, is it he the COD? So many is just his ball skills. He has so many times. He's, so, he's given up so many just back shoulder fades, hitches where he just doesn't realize the ball is coming there. Like he can stick with guys. He has the athleticism, has the speed, has good length for a corner that's only six foot tall too. But, dude, his, he's just oblivious at the catch point. Just the ball is coming, and he does not know. And that was, again, against the USC wide receivers. I mean, that's the USC wide receivers, bread and butter. That's all Vaughn's is. Uh, that's a lot of what uh, Pittman is. But it was ugly for him.
0: I hate to see it. Let's go to mm-hmm. Jake Fromm, another one we're pouring one out for. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't – we haven't talked about a ton, but he's coveted by a lot of draft pundits, I would say. I think he's a guy that, after this week, not a great look for
1: Fromm. He – is one guy who I we needed to see him have a game like this against South Carolina. It's like, hey, you got to pass and you got to lead them back and win. And it did not go it did not go offset. great for him. And the thing was, he was pressured more than he ever has uh, in his entire uh, college career. 17 pressure dropbacks. Wow. He was pressured a ton in this game on those 37.4 pass blocking grade. Yeah, and that's the what that's to me. The biggest worrisome thing is that at Georgia, incredibly protected by one of the best offensive lines in the country. I mean, every single year he's been there, he's had a fantastic offensive line, really barely faced pressure. As soon as he, you know, has to win a game, has to face pressure. It got ugly. The pick six was abysmal. I mean, rolling off his back foot, throw into a guy, a stationary wide receiver with the DB just coming right from him. That was an awful, awful decision. And that's the other biggest worry is just, if he's not going, you know, if, if it's not perfectly in his progression, That ball's not getting completed. There's no break in the pocket, making a play. There's no anything like that. Uh, Jake Fromm has to be be out of his hand right away or else bad things sort of happen.
0: When you can't play out of phase like that too, I think that is... And I was talking to Solomon Wilcox about this today. It's a little bit of a evidence of lack of confidence in your ability because I think mm-hmm. the best quarterbacks that survive or make plays outside of structure or on those kind of out-of-phase plays are people that are confident in their arm, know they can put the ball wherever yeah. they want it, confident in their accuracy. And I think maybe you see that with Jake Fromm. And just to do a little bit of a comparison here, 18 big-time throws for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Eight. For Jake Fromm yeah. You look at uncatchable, inaccurate passes on from a percentage standpoint, twelve point four percent for Joe Burrow, nineteen point four percent for Jake Fromm. This is a, it's a totally different stratosphere from yeah, these yeah. two guys. And I think Jake Fromm over Joe Burrow is no longer I could not see that coming. I think Joe Burrow has rocketed up to a mm-hmm. point where Joe Burrow is Easily. gonna be in that conversation with Justin Herbert and Toe Chacabailoa. Um I will say though, Fromm he's still a junior. Mm-hmm. Like
1: he is Joe Burrow is two years you know, older than him in terms of his... Wiser. Like He is a redshirt senior. Joe, Jake Fromm is a true junior. He doesn't have to come out this year. He can come back and try to win a national championship with the George Bulldogs next year, and he can make a leap like Joe Burrow did. I don't know. We'll see. True. But, true. You can't rule out a leap. But it has not. Uh, that game was a lot of the things you worry about with Fromm sort of came to fruition there and while he did have three picks we only had him with two, two one turnover where they play on the day was that you know that really bad pick six yeah obviously the one that was dropped and then picked in overtime uh, not his fault but it was just the sort of the, the inaccuracy throughout the game the not being able to create was it was very evident from what you've seen from from you know
0: what do you think it makes sense for him to come back from the, at this point he's got a 90.0 oh, passing pl- grade that i mean he, he's played well but Are there things you want him to improve on before going to the next level? If you're talking to him as, you know, like, hey, man, I think you should come back. There's ways for you to improve. Or do you think he's done enough to kind of enter the conversation, be a first round pick?
1: I think he could be a first round pick if he you know finishes out the season with what we've seen from him. I think he would still probably very likely be a first round pick because he fits a lot of the mold, a lot of the, you know, not making off platform stuff and that sort of thing is very new to the quarterback position. A lot of hot, though. uh, It is hot. I mean, it's it's how kind of the game is being won nowadays but a lot of you know the going be able to go through progressions quickly is what you know gets the dave gettleman's of the world off yeah. so the, i think you'll, oh. def- <laughs> <laughs> you'll definitely see uh, from in the first round conversation if you were to declare this year uh if you're just like weighing the qb classes against mm-hmm. each other i'm not sure you know you're to go against trevor lawrence and justin fields next year you really want to do that or uh you know burrow and Tua this year and Herbert it's kind of pick a poison. I'm not sure he's going to be at the top of either of those groups.
0: Fair. Totally fair. And I think, you know, you look at the game on Monday night, Aaron Rodgers. he doesn't win that game. If he just goes through his progressions, it's that off platform, yeah. out of structure stuff, being able to put the ball wherever he wants that dime to Alan Lazard. Dope. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. that's stuff that you're not seeing from from yet. And you want to see that stuff. If you're going to project him to be a mm-hmm. top five pick
1: in an NFL. Draft. Yeah. Well, I mean like uh, not a lot of people are going to make that throw, but true. Similar from an out of structure okay. standpoint. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you know, I hate you, Mike. That's only, <laughs> I'm going to close that segment. Let's go to Rolling Rooks here. This is where we talk about our top rookie performances from this year. We're going to go with, starting with uh, Carolina Panthers' office tackle, South Carolina,
1: Dennis Daly. He yes. had an outstanding game. He made our Week 6 Team of the Week. Yes. Very much surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say he was protected a lot in pass pro. Yeah. They pretty much had a running back uh, chipping or a tight end protecting uh, on his side pretty much every time. Uh, he had helped a lot out there, but... Still uh, did a lot of work in the running game. That was pretty impressive there for them. 86.0 grade in that regard. And when it was all said and done, only one pressure on the day. Now, and he did have a handful of one-on-one situations. Most of them did come against Carl Nassib, I believe, uh, not uh, Shaq uh, Barrett, which uh, I, if I was if I was the Bucs, I don't know why they didn't just keep Shaq Barrett right over Dennis Daly and yeah. just let him go to town every single time. That's what. I, but they did not. They chose not to do that. And well... It ended up uh, not going great for Tampa Bay. But yes, uh, Dennis Daly, uh, way more impressive than I thought. He was a six-rounder. We didn't even have him as a six-rounder. We had him as you know UDFA coming out of uh, South Carolina. But encouraging start.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's move forward here. Kyler Murray's had a really good last couple weeks, dude, and dude. even including yes. this past week. He's looked fan. Fantastic. I really do like what we're seeing from him. I think that Arizona offense is starting to click. They're getting Chase, Chase Edmonds and David Johnson involved in the right ways. The receiving core, though banged up a little bit, is having success down the field. I think in the beginning, I think a lot of what was new. Cliff Kingsbury was mm-hmm. new. Kyler Murray was new. The offense was new. I think defensively, they've always struggled. This Cardinals team is going to have to put up a ton of points to win football games. That defense isn't getting any better anytime soon. Well, Patrick Peterson is coming back from suspension. You can see an uptick in play there. Mm-hmm. But with Kyler Murray, something that we've seen throughout, Accurate with the football, throwing down the field. Some
1: dope throws. Some dope throws down the field. Very nice.
0: Um, And also, I think they're starting to use him as a runner more. And this dude looks legit, like, fast when he starts to take off. And I think you're seeing it against other defenses. He looks a little small. I agree he's small. But Mm -hmm. he he speeds out of there. And I think he's had success these past few weeks. Really good sign for his future.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said it a bunch that you just have to, if you really want to, you really have to use him in the rushing in, to add to your rushing offense to get the most out of that rushing offense and seven more design carries this past week for him. Not necessarily all design. Some of them are options that he keeps, but like, you know, getting him involved in that is huge. So and it'll just open up him things for him in the passing game. But yeah, three big time throws, no turnover where they plays. It's starting to click. He's passing Baker Mayfield. It's Uh-oh. happening right now. Oh, wow. am no, kidding. <laughs> oh.
0: I want to go back to that Week 5 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's where he earned his highest single-game grade mm-hmm. of that year, uh, of the year so far, 20 completions from 32 attempts in an 83.6 passing grade, and perhaps more importantly, 88.7 rushing grade. Getting him involved with his feet, that's where he's really good. I mean, he's a great pocket passer. He has good accuracy down the field, but I think he's also very good running
1: the football, and I think the Cardinals are starting to get involved in the right ways. Yeah, I mean, he probably runs a 4. I don't think he ran pre-draft, but he'd run like a four-four. Something like he's fast, yeah. I like, the dude could yeah, like legitimately play. I they you could legitimately play running back if you wanted to coming out.
0: Running backs don't matter though, so
1: but yeah, exactly. You got to be QB,
0: got to be QB. Wide receiver, the thing
1: I that I like to see though was last two weeks average time to throw 2.36 seconds, mm-hmm. the average time from you know snap to the ball leaving his hand. That's pretty darn good. That's fast, you know, in, in terms of uh quarterbacks. That's the fourth fastest over that span, so he is uh, now they do run you know a good deal of wide receiver screens and stuff like that a lot of that's you know by scheme, but at the same time uh he is making quick decisions with the football uh that was not. As much the case, the first uh, handful of weeks of the season, it's almost that's over. It's almost two two tenths of a second down from this first uh, mm-hmm. four weeks of the season.
0: Fantastic. Let's go to rookie wide receivers. These are guys that are balling out kind of all season. It's always kind of every week we're talking about we're raising a glass or a rolling rook segment right. involves a rookie receiver that's playing well. I want to highlight DK Metcalf. Press against TJ Carey. gives him the buttery shake at the top. Gets easy separation. Stiff arms two guys into the dirt on his way to a nice gain. He mm-hmm. looked very good. A seventy three point three receiving grade for him. He did have a drop. Without that drop. His receiving grades kind of skyrockets a bit, but even other receivers too. Other rookies have had success.
1: Yes, and, the, and then he had the, the catch to close out that Seahawks True. game where it just physically manhandles guys, and that's mm-hmm. what we liked about him. He didn't necessarily have to separate on that hitch route. He didn't separate on that hitch route. Still gets the first down because he is uh, you know, 6'3", 230, yeah. and runs four three three. Like he, He's a big-ass dude with great ball skills. Uh, there's, there's a reason he was the number one receiver on our draft board. I think he's just hit the ground running. For the Seahawks, McLaurin though, oh, man, looks legit once again. Uh, you know the little. Uh, How did this
0: guy fall as far as he did? Was
1: that circus route that he ran? Yeah, was just beautiful again.
0: Felt yeah. like I had tickets to the circus. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the quarterback felt like he had tickets,
1: yeah. So. Um, but no, McLaurin, yeah, he's every bit. Like he's just legit. He's a yeah. legitimate number one, number two, whatever you want to call it. He is good speed, good, good size, yeah, crisp like routes. I mean, this guy receiver. has been
0: legit. Only oh, oh, he does have four drops on the year, though four drops. But again, he's got a high target volume. He's the go-to guy for yeah. the Washington Redskins. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Dwayne Haskins, whoever is out there, he's the go-to guy. But he's played really well. I think you have to be impressed with his start. And I think really, honestly, surprised that he fell to the seventy-sixth overall pick. I, I think this guy has really been next level. Compare, even compared to DK Metcalf, who's played mm-hmm. well of late, I think he's proven better from a production standpoint and a pure like route running standpoint. I think better and more nuanced than DK.
1: Yeah, we had him as the 68th player on our draft board. That was something like the eighth wide receiver. Uh, I'm still salty that we didn't put him above Nikhil Harry. I wish we would have, but that wasn't my call. Um, so, oh. uh, I, but. I mean, like he's playing 68th, too. I mean, he mm-hmm. looks like it. He should have been drafted. A bigger, 10, a, a more positive way to look at that though
0: is is a lot of people were hyping up Paris Campbell, but yes. I think Terry McLaurin was better than Paris Campbell, and we're we seeing very that, much felt that. Yeah,
1: Paris Campbell 96th on our board.
0: Exactly. will you look at Paris Campbell, he's a guy that didn't win on a vertical route tree. A lot of his production was inflated on these shallow crosses mm-hmm. and yards after the catch. Terry McLaurin can win down the field, and you sometimes see that hidden in Ohio State system because they don't do a ton of that, and I think they get people involved open underneath. But he's really excelled, and I think he – is projecting very well for the future. A, dy- a dynasty by. I don't, he's probably already buy. I don't even know. I don't play dynasty football, <laughs> but a dude has over five targets in every game. He's looking like a very legitimate piece of just, this just off. Dynasty, dynasty advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. if you guys play dynasty football, but, unlike me, Terry McLaren's your guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Paris Campbell, though, 10 catches, six, two yards this year. Oh, that's fine. 6.2 yards per reception is a dot it, negative five, getting,
0: or yeah. what are we talking? Um, let's go to our next guy. This is a guy I remember we had conversations about short-armed Washington defensive tackle. Mm. Kind of the, their bread and Looking butter over it, yeah. there. They love a good short-arm <laughs> defense or short-arm anybody. I mean, even uh, Ben Burkerman's got some short-arms. Yeah. Um, Greg Gaines had a good game for the Los Angeles Rams. Great Gaines. He was probably one of the few guys that had a good game there. Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines. That offense. Before we dive mm. into Greg Gaines, I know it's a little bit of a tangent here. That it's offensive of line... Tangent looks Awful. rough
1: yeah i don't even know what happened
0: nick bosa we can we can bring a little rookie in there nick bosa yeah. dominated mm-hmm. that pass rush for the 49ers dominated that los angeles rams offense doesn't look great but give me gains no
1: but yeah great gains nose tackle comes in you know most snaps of the season 28 snaps 86.7 run blocking great run defense grade. excuse me against a fairly good rushing attack there uh duties <laughs> i mean i, I think as a, that's what we call them we're like hey if you want someone who can stop the run at the nose and it's like a little athletic like you can (laughs) make plays up and down the the line of scrimmage get you a great gains 92nd player on our draft board and he uh, his profile I mean, picture
0: did he, did he, on premium stats is absurd he looks like a like a caveman dweller
1: and i saw him he running looks like, off like the, a hardcore gamer
0: yes I, I saw him running off the field and i thought he was trolling me because it looked like he had like t-rex arms he was just, yeah. right all I could it's just hands on. yeah it just looked like just hands out there but he gets it done great gains uh good good stuff well, uh, raise a glass or rook rolling i'm getting the segments mixed Jesus. up a rolling rook for this week, all right, last guy, Dolphins cornerback, uh, and you're highlighting a Dolphin, which is rare.
1: Mm-hmm. Nick Needham played very First, well in this one. Nick Needham, a guy who graded out really well for us at UTEP, uh, flipped on the tape and we're like, oh he's not bad. Like he's draftable." He mm-hmm. came up at 196 in our draft. Oh party. wow! We like we thought he should have been drafted when all was said and done. And uh, now one
0: game in, we're taking our victory. Now lives. one game in. <laughs>
1: Everyone, we had it. I told you he was the uh, 196th best player. Three three (laughs) targets in this game. None of them get completed. A couple breakups there. Uh, Playing the slot a little bit for the Dolphins. Um yeah, victory lap. Mm-hmm. I think um, I like
0: it. I'm ready. I'm ready to party. I mean, that Dolphins should be need, a segment. Need, like victory lap I, I like a victory lap first, segment. That's good.
1: <laughs> like That's good. Um, one play victory laps.
0: Speaking of segments, let's go to our next one. This is Mike's favorite segment on the 2 for 1 draft podcast. It's mm. the blackout segment, something he frequents, and we also do every Tuesday. Uh, we have the blackout. We're going to start, Mike, you got a blackout here. Darius Shepard. We saw this on this Monday wasn't night. wasn't difficult. To... Oh, my gosh. That one that hit him in the mouth, and then was popped up and the intercepted to Justin Coleman. What was going on? And he had I, the muff- Punt?
1: And the muff punt. Oh my god! It was about as bad as like he has to be feeling. If they would have lost like, Oh yeah. Like he may be they cut. They could have lost. Yeah, like he may be cut today. That's how bad it lost. got. Uh but yeah, like they needed someone to start stepping up because they don't have like anyone mm-hmm. uh in that wide receiving core with Devontae Adams out. They need someone. Hey, make a play.
0: Uh and then Jerome Allison goes down. Him. Yeah.
1: He actually like runs a fairly good route against Justin Coleman, uh slaps him in the face and then so he had one catch for one yard.
0: Not Great Bob. Yep. Uh another guy on our blackout segment here, Noah
1: Fant. I I know what you play you're gonna bring up. The one where he's trying to track it over his head and he looks like he's just lost in the uh, sauce. I had someone try to tell me it was a bad throw when it hits Noah Fant in the back. Uh oh man. When but, like any anyone with anyone who's ever played football before literally turns around and catches it in their chest. Mm-hmm. Uh Noah Fant has his like hands outstretched and it hits them in the back. If you haven't seen the play. Go watch the play. Yeah, it was a it wasn't a great throw, but it was more than good enough to be catchable. And Noah Fant just like apparently may have lost it in the sun. But I mean, this has been a th- common theme for him. Yeah, that's what like, I
0: was going to bring up. It's like you look at that play and it's like, wow, I saw that like four or five times at Iowa. That's yeah. why it's a it's a it's a bonehead play, and why you kind of like don't necessarily blame the throw or anything. I think that's something mm-hmm. you see on Noah Fant's tape more often than you do other like you know tight ends and receivers that can catch the ball and have good ball skills.
1: Yeah, so on the year fifty four point three receiving grade. 43.8 run blocking grid. Uh, it's been not good.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm going to add a blackout segment here. It's a guy that we've been constantly praising on the podcast, but it's uh, Gardner Minshew, dude. Mm. Gardner Minshew had a really tough game. Three turnover-worthy plays. 44% of his passes were uncatchable, inaccurate targets. He did not... This was an uncharacteristic performance against what you've called, and I know you've said this, a very good Good Saints defense. The (laughs) Saints defense gets after it. Dude, Cameron Jordan was feasting on Cam Robinson like it was like a buffet, a buffet (laughs) line. He was just going back and forth. Gardner Minshew really struggled against a good defense. They have good receivers. When DJ Chark is going against Marshawn Lattimore, you find out quickly that DJ Chark is still not one of the better receivers in the NFL. And another blackout segment, two for one here. Mm. I always hit you with those. Daniel Jones, another bad week. Right now through through this year, I think he's the lowest graded quarterback on clean pocket dropbacks he's one of the lowest at least and i think he has a very high uncatchable uh target percentage on clean dropbacks yards per attempt he's very low he has struggled from a clean pocket uh, you know since his big breakout game where people are calling him danny dimes we're saying danny no nickname figure it out bud because it's been bad
1: no both kind of come crashing back down to earth in a big way in terms of just this was this is what happens to rookie quarterbacks and i'd say they're getting figured out it's just, it's difficult to play in the NFL right yeah, away. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. They didn't, as easy as they made it look r- right off the bat, uh, it is not that easy to play. QB it's a blackout the there's segment, there's a lot.
0: but it's an expected blackout. Yes. You know, you went into this one knowing you were yes. going all in. Which, it, at Notre Dame, you didn't have a big drinking culture at Notre Dame, did you? No. Uh, okay. There's, but at no San Diego St. State, there's this is. thing called uh, cuffs and fifths, where you went with a date and you cuff, like, handcuffed each other Uh-oh. with a fifth and you couldn't uncuff until you finished the fifth. That's what I think garner Minshew and Daniel Jones found out. It's like, oh, when you go into the NFL, every game's like cuffs and fifths, and sometimes you make it out okay, but there's other times you have to drink like 70% of it for her because you can't handle the heat, and then next thing you know you're waking up in a bush, and it's just not going to work out. I think Daniel Jones and garner Minshew both woke up in a bush after this week.
1: Yeah, Uh, vast realization. I want to get a bonus blackout in, though, because this isn't really a blackout. Uh, he really shouldn't be Nate Davis, the guard for the Tennessee Titans. he really shouldn't even be on this list. Mm-hmm. He didn't mean to blackout. He's been like getting force chugged oh, uh, yes. with the Tennessee Titans this year because he was not ready to play in the NFL. Like we mm-hmm. said, that. we like, we right? liked him coming out of Charlotte, but he was not ready to play in the NFL. Like he, his pass set, like his ass was on the ground in his pass sets. Like uh, he, like, just, oh, that's right. He has like he the was frog the stance. That's like, he, right. He just had to redo everything. Like yeah. there was no technique to his game. <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> the but a great athlete like it, it's, it was yeah. uh just like you need to coach him up so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, been thrown to the Wolves these past few weeks. Uh, 28.1 grade uh, overall now in Jeez. the season. Just, But it's, it's again, Just it's not getting
0: leapfrogged ha- onto the oh, yeah. quarterback.
1: No. I forgot about that stance. That's funny. Four, four pressures, two sacks this past week.
0: We were going to close out the podcast a little micro-brew segment. And, uh, and Mike texted me this, this morning, morning, and I, I was already ready to rock and roll with this podcast without micro-brew. He sends me this name, Dom Peterson of Nevada. I haven't had a chance to watch him. Mike said, you have oh. to watch this guy. I need you to go so all sad. in on this micro-brew Top to bottom, chug it down.
1: I'm going to go on a limb here. This guy will be drafted within the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Stop. Really? That aggressive? Tom Peterson, Nevada. Well, he's an edge defender for them, but Mm -hmm. he is 6'300 pounds. (laughs) Um, So he's the craziest looking edge defender you've ever seen. Um, this past week, nine pressures against San Jose State, and they don't even really rush him enough. Like he can't, he contain rushes most snaps there because they just do a three man front. He uh, well, goes out and contain rushes as a three hundred pounder, but he has some legit quicks. Some legit, he, he threw a spin against San Jose State tackle. Guard picks him up, and he bull rushes the guard back into the quarterback. Uh, this dude has some freaky movement skills for a six foot three hundred pounder. Uh, only a redshirt sophomore, so I mean, like he's not a prospect this year. Couple years down the line, I'm calling my shot right now. We'll we'll revisit this uh, when he gets UDFA. Uh, but Dom Peterson, <laughs> a, a first three rounder in a few years here. Uh,
0: let's do a Dive in a little background on this guy. Like you said, six foot three, six foot three hundred pounds. The dude's a lot of it's lower body. I'm yes. looking at this picture here. He's a he he's got a big dip. lower he body. Dip low. And then looking at his his recruiting background, a three star recruit. He got some interest from West Liberty and Sacramento State. Ended up choosing Nevada. And he said Power here houses. he said here's no, I'm un, you know undecided on the major, but he'd like to play in the NFL after college. You're, Mike's telling you you're going in the first three rounds, kid. He's had an outstanding start he's a weird frame but I mean I, I like his, your evaluation of him his I'll hero, have to watch
1: his hero Aaron Donald
0: wow wow is that Aaron Donald I'm not gonna making? make the comp don't make
1: but, the comp <laughs> but he's also six foot he's eight. not playing edge <laughs> in the NFL though I mean there's no way he plays edge in no the I'm NFL. kidding he's a, he's a three tech in yeah the NFL. Yeah. uh he's I, I would love for him just to like oh my gosh Nevada change that defense to like an attacking four three under and just let him play three tech all the time because that he would just murder cats like he is he is very this guy's very good you go watch the tape, after dude. This,
0: this guy talk about a beer belly candidate the dude is fat <laughs> so fat I'm mean, interested to know what his like NFL frame will be. there's assists, no yeah. way they like bring him in like yeah you, you're gonna stick at six foot three hundred we really like that uh squatty body frame he's the dude uh well that's gonna do nice it for, for the uh the two for one drafts Was a fantastic and thank you for that Mike um remember you can tune in to two for one drafts live on YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday we're also on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Stitcher but that's going to do for do it for us make sure to tune in on thursday for two foreign drafts